today we have a, we have a, uh, oh my goodness, I'm stumped. <laughs> we have our first episode on Parenting on Purpose. Our special guest today is Charlotte Hodge. She's a licensed therapist. And we're going to be discussing addressing trauma with your kids. So um, I guess we all know what's going on right now today. And I think the last people that we tend to think about is our children. And I wanted to make sure that we are addressing um, this trauma of history of everything that we're going through appropriately and effectively. So I want to make sure that we heard from someone uh, who is licensed, who's a professional and can give us helpful tools to do that. So thank you for having me. You're I mean, welcome. thank you for coming. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm so <laughs> appreciative. So I'll tell everybody a little bit of history about myself. My name is Charlotte Hodge. I am a licensed associate professional counselor. Um, I got my master's degree at Argosy University in clinical mental health counseling. Um, a little background about my professional background. I started out working in a psychiatric hospital where I saw a multitude of people and diagnosis. So I worked with adults. I worked with geriatric patients. I worked with adolescents as well. Um, so I saw a lot of people in the midst of their diagnosis. So that was bipolar disorder, major depression disorder, substance abuse, um, schizophrenia. So all those disorders that we hear about that you kind of just aren't exposed to. I worked in that setting and currently I work as a school-based therapist um, and I work in an elementary school setting. So I work with um, my youngest client is probably seven and my oldest client right now is probably around 11. Um, so I've worked with kids on an elementary level as well as adolescent, your teenage um, children as well. Okay, awesome. Well, um, how we came to meet was, I think I, I started following you on Instagram about probably a little over a year ago, yeah. whatever. And one thing about me is because my following, I want to touch and feel because the one thing we don't do is we kind of speak out into the universe and we have no idea what the lives that we're touching. Yeah. So whoever I promote on my platform, I want to be sure that they are passionate about what they do. Mm -hmm. And we had a couple of lunches together. We could always not stop at like <laughs> an hour. It was right. ridiculous. But I like that because when you flow, when you feel somebody mm -hmm. with the same Absolutely. type of purpose, it doesn't have to be the same purpose, but it complements. Absolutely. So where Truly Liberated Women comes in, a lot of our women are traumatized through their own personal, mm, you know, circumstances. Right. And we never could get a developed program for children. So when I met you, I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> because what we forget about is, yeah, we're going to help this woman get back on her feet. Mm -hmm. But what about our children? Mm -hmm. yes. They saw all this trauma. They witnessed right. all of right. this. And we just like, OK, yeah, now go do good in school. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. we're going to get on the education because my daughter would just lose her. Right. She would lose it. So today I want to start the dialogue with how to do this with our children. Mm -hmm. Let's remember our kids through all of this. We understand mm -hmm. even as adults with what happened to George Floyd. It affected me. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. I had I mean, I went through a period of bereavement as an adult. And I had to have that conversation with my son. So it was, I think you posted something. Mm -hmm. And I was like, God darn it, that girl is on the same wavelength. We got to talk about that. The children. The yeah. Children. So let's start from your perspective. Okay. What's happening? Okay. Um, I think 
So we can't just start with like today and the current social unrest and the civil injustices that are happening. Because if you think about it in terms of the kids, COVID hit out of nowhere. So literally I'm at school and I don't know how it occurred in other school settings, but the way my day looked on that day was literally like it came down the pipe that today is the last day of school. They're packing all the kids up. The teachers are trying to pack themselves up. So it's like a random moment that happens that's very in, un, in, uninterrupted and not planned, right? And it, when we talk about trauma, um, what happens in trauma is chaos, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So for the children who were in that environment at the time, they were experiencing in, in the midst of total chaos within a school system that's not supposed to be chaotic, that is supposed to be systematic and structured and planned. But that day, it wasn't like that, right? Mm -hmm. So if we go back to before COVID or when COVID happened, it was the interruption. And for some of our kids, that was traumatic, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, because it interrupted their lives. They went into the home environments where some of our children didn't have food. They were going into abusive situations. Domestic violence is increased. So then you have this where everybody is a little bit getting more adjusted, right? To their lives being interrupted with COVID and it being inconsistent measures in terms of COVID. Mm -hmm. So then you have this adjustment period where everybody feels like they may be stable. And then here, bam, you have the civil unrest. You have the social injustices for children who for themselves were just trying to make sense of what was going on just in terms of COVID, not being able to go outside and play, mm -hmm. not being able to go visit other people's homes, not having their friends, not seeing their teachers, not going to school. And then bam, you have what we're in the midst of now, which is the civil unrest, mm -hmm. the, the height of what I will call it, the social injustices, because this is not new, mm -hmm. right? Exactly. Um, it's new to where everybody is becoming aware of how they communicate about it. Everybody is becoming aware of the importance of acknowledging it, mm -hmm. um, especially for non-Black people, white people. So mm -hmm. now it's this big thing of, oh, we need to acknowledge our Black counterparts. We mm -hmm. need to acknowledge they have a history of pain, a history of being discriminated against, a history of racism, but where do our children fit in the midst it, of this? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So that's a little bit, I think, if I talk about what's happening, you mm -hmm. have. I don't want to not acknowledge that our children were already coming off or are still in the midst of and trying to make sense of COVID and then this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you knocked out a couple of questions, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so the next one, I'm going to jump right down okay. to um, what advice would you give parents Ooh. in processing what yeah. they're seeing? I think, and I'll be transparent, even for myself, I felt like, well, I have to process this for myself first before I can process it with my children. Mm -hmm. But then what I realized is the importance to be able to process this as a collective unit and a family. Mm. Because as a mother, I'm still processing it. So mm. if I say, well, I need to process it myself and I need to make sense, of, make sense of it for myself first and then talk to my children, who knows when that will be? Because right. I'm still trying to make sense of it for myself. Mm -hmm. So I think it's about being able to sit down and have the conversation and be willing and open and honest and transparent with your children to just start the dialogue now, open the dialogue now, keep the dialogue going now. Mm -hmm. Because if you wait until you understand where you stand, our feelings, our emotions, our experiences are always evolving. Mm -hmm. So will you ever be at a place where you truly understand where you stand? Because where you might stand today may be different from where you stand 
in one or two weeks. Mm. And let's talk about how, when you talk about very traumatic situations, mm -hmm. you're not stable in your, in your trauma. So when you experience a traumatic event or a traumatic situation, how you might feel today, you may not feel that way in a week. You may not feel that way in two to three or four weeks. So I would just really, really encourage people to, even if you don't have sense of it for yourself, sit down and try to talk as a collective unit and a family to make sense of it as a family unit mm -hmm. so that you're not just leaving the kids out to not have anybody to process it and to have to formulate their thoughts and opinions and all of that on their own without the guidance of a parent. Mm -hmm. I hope I'm not being long-winded. No, of course <laughs> not. So the main thing I also want to touch base on is the fact that, okay, so let's say you've had that collective, you know, conversation mm -hmm. with your child, you've done the exchanges because of where they are in society. Now, there are so many open gateways that these children have with our absence. Even mm -hmm. when we go to bed, we can tell them, put the phone up, but you know, they're still scrolling oh, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. What is it, if something directs them down the wrong path, what would be the trigger to say, okay, hmm, maybe this is past me just having that conversation. I need to seek therapy. Yes. And a lot of people ask that question. It's an important question to ask because while I think that everybody can benefit from therapy, no matter what um, symptoms or what behaviors you may or may not be seeing, I think if you want to really know when it's time to get your child to therapy, the most important thing to pay attention to are your child's behaviors. Mm -hmm. So what behaviors are you seeing different? And the number one thing with going, when you really should go to therapy, you have to ask yourself, is this impacting my day to day? Mm -hmm. That's the number one question. Is this impacting my functioning? Is this impacting how I eat? Is this impacting how I sleep? Mm -hmm. Is this impacting how I engage with others? Do I find myself withdrawn or do you see that your child is withdrawing from friends? Mm -hmm. Do you see that your child is not interested in engaging in activities that they used to be interested in? Are they complaining a lot about um, physical issues? So for our, our smaller kids, especially when you get to the elementary school kids, do, does your child complain about stomach aches a lot? A lot of the times we are very dismissive of physical responses that our child may experience. Mommy, my tummy hurts. Mommy, my tummy hurts. And what do we say? Drink some water. Mm. That's because you eat all that junk or that's because you eat too much candy. Yeah. When really that may be your child saying, I'm uncomfortable and I feel some anxiety in my body, mm. but I don't have the words or the language to tell you that. All mm -hmm. I know is that I don't feel good. Mm -hmm. So it's about paying attention to how often is that happening? Is it happening more often than not? So just is your child sleeping? Is your child is your child having irregular eating patterns? Like I said, it's just about understanding the impact of their daily functioning. Mm -hmm. When you see that it's impacting their daily functioning, you definitely need to seek help. Mm -hmm. But once again, I'm going to say I think everybody benefits from therapy. I just want to put that out there. Mm -hmm. Yep, of course. Um, yeah, because in other words, I know we've had this conversation. Even if it's as a checkup, you should really just go make sure you just going down the right path and processing things yeah. in life, just in general. And I want to say, anybody watching, if you guys have any questions, make sure you guys are asking questions. We have um, people that are looking out for questions that are coming across. So if anybody has any questions, feel free. Don't feel embarrassed. Don't feel like a question might, oh, well, I shouldn't ask that or ask the tough questions. Whatever you guys think that you want to know while you have me, please ask. Definitely. Okay, so next... Um, 
the most tough question is mm-hmm. because I know for a fact, and I mean, everybody knows, I think there's a push now more in the African-American community about going to therapy and talking yeah, about it. Yeah. How should you introduce that to your child? Mm, that's interesting. Um, and very complex because different children, especially with the children that I work with, different children take that in different ways. So I work in the school setting. So oftentimes when children come to me, it is because of behavioral problems, right? And so children as young as seven come to me and they come to therapy with the notion in mind that they're coming to therapy because something is wrong with them. Mm -hmm. And so then I have to work on the front end to dispel the myth that something is wrong with you. And I have to be transparent and say, I go to therapy. Like Mm -hmm. we all have things that we're struggling with. We all have challenges and it's amazing blessing that you have somebody that's not your parent that you can talk to who you can be honest with that. I'm not going to tell your mom what you say. Right. So I think, of course, that's an age. It depends on the age level that you're presenting this to because a five year old, they just you're going to go talk to somebody about that ugly your your when you get mad and when you get sad and I want you to go talk to somebody about those feelings that you might not be able to talk to me about. So mm-hmm. a five-year-old could be as simple as that. Like I want to, we're going to take you because we all get mad and sad and we all have good feelings and bad feelings. We just want to support you in learning how to manage those bad feelings that mm-hmm. you have. So it, when you start talking about the older ages, like middle school, middle school and high school, they've already um, internalized the stigma that comes along with therapy. So if a parent goes to a middle school or high school and is like, I want you to go to therapy, oftentimes their reaction is, I don't want to go to therapy, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And that's why, unfortunately, um, clinicians like me in my practice and in my business, we we say coaching and counseling Mm -hmm. because of the stigma that's attached to it. And oftentimes people are more comfortable going to somebody that's a life coach, Versus knowing that they're going to somebody that's a therapist. Mm-hmm. So I would say tailor the conversation to your child where you're reducing the stigma that's attached with going to therapy. If you talk to your child and you're having ongoing conversations and you see that their functioning is being impacted and their positive functioning it um, continues to be reduced. I think at that point, a parent could say, you know what? I see you're struggling. I see you have these feelings. And honestly, I want to help you and I don't know how. So we are going to get you the help so you can get back to where you were before Mm -hmm. so that you can get back to functioning in a good way. Mm -hmm. So you don't have these irregularities with sleep, with eating, with functioning. Like we want you to be better and we have somebody that can help you do that. So let's get you back to where you were before. I think it's better received in that way versus you're like, oh, you go to a therapist because then what happens for me is I get the child. They don't know what therapy is. They don't even know they're coming to me. It's like a pop-up visit, pop-up surprise. And then I'm left to explain, Mm -hmm. which, okay, I'm comfortable and confident in doing that. And I can dispel a lot of myths and um, negative emotions they have about therapy. But if you do it on the front end as a parent, and then they get to me and I can kind of back up what you've already said, then it makes the child more open and and open to receiving me as their clinician and their therapist. Um, so, yeah, I think in a nutshell, to sum all of that up, it's about how you present it and just talk about like why you're getting them the help to help with their functioning. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, I am pro therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, 
It started, I think, I can say that the first time I took my son to a psychologist, it was um, Dr. Sutherland, Kenneth mm-hmm. Sutherland out. And he was good. I would refer a lot of people. He's in Douglasville, which is a lot further than we are now. He was very good at getting my son to talk, right? Mm-hmm. Then just recently, he was diagnosed with ADHD. Mm-hmm. And one of the tools that he gave us was giving him my son, some responsibility. Mm -hmm. So he has a dog. His name is Lemmy. Mm -hmm. And he loves that dog. And that dog loves him. Mm -hmm. But when we gave him responsibility concerning Lemmy, he changed. Mm -hmm. He was proactive. He's Mm -hmm. like, well, Lemmy needs some food. And he started talking more, just that little, Mm -hmm. that little small tool changed, Mm -hmm. you know, and we started seeing my son come back. Now, one thing I would ask is, do you have any tidbits? And I know it's kind of a broad question mm-hmm. um, because the result is we really want everybody to go to therapy. We really yeah. do at this yeah. point. Um, do you have any tips to ease that into or anything that would um, let's just sell somebody on therapy who was like, mm-hmm. I don't know about all that, but just sell them like, really, yeah. you need to go or you um, need to take your child. If we're talking about therapy, um, I can talk from my own personal experiences. The way that I sell it is by giving my own story and my own testimony. Mm-hmm. So sometimes what that may look like for parents who are hesitant about getting their child in therapy is maybe linking them up with somebody who has had their child in therapy who has had positive results. So because then the conversation and the dialogue is open between those two parents or those parents to be able to sit down and that the parent who is a little hesitant can ask questions surrounding them being hesitant. Um, I think the exposure part is what we're lacking. And once again, we go back to the stigma of therapy. Um, now more so than ever, people are speaking up and speaking out and saying, I go to therapy. It's not like this dark cloud that's over it. Like you go to therapy, oh, you must be crazy. Mm-hmm, I think a mm-hmm. lot of that stigma is reducing because you have more people stepping up and speaking out and saying like, hey, I go to the therapist and I love my therapist. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I think the more that people step up and say that, like, oh, I like going to my therapist mm-hmm. and I can't wait to go to my therapist. So my therapist, the more that that communication increase, the more increase in communication of that, then people will be more open to it. But if you have a personal friend or you have somebody and you think that therapy can benefit them, I would definitely encourage you to either tell your story about how therapy has helped them or get them linked to somebody that therapy has helped them. And maybe, um, like I do consultations. So even as a parent, if you're hesitant, contact me and say, hey, I'm interested, but I'm hesitant. Mm -hmm. And we can sit down and have an honest conversation. I can ask you, what are your hesitations? What are your reservations? And we can talk about that. And Mm -hmm. I can work with you to kind of dispel some of those myths or really get an understanding of your hesitations and hopefully reduce some of that. Um, But I would definitely encourage people, if you want to get people connected to therapy, encourage them to find a therapist that does consultations and all therapists do consultations. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would say do that and just get a feel and a sense for the therapist and their models of practice and how they are as a clinician with children. And you can go from there and you can sit with the therapist and say, you know what? I got a great vibe from her. Mm-hmm. I, I I think I want to do this. And then you bring your child in and your child gets a sense of the therapist. And then it starts from there. Mm-hmm. And and like I tell people, the only thing that can happen is you're either going to be, be where you are before or you're going to be better off. Mm-hmm. 
but the work has to be done. Yeah. So if you're not doing the work, you can't expect to yield different results. Mm -hmm. So you have to do life different. Mm -hmm. I like that. Do life different. Because at this point now, um, we have to own it. Most people know me. I say this term a lot which is parenting on purpose. Yeah, yeah. We have to take accountability for our children. You Absolutely. Know? Um, even if you get flack from other people, especially in our families, I remember distinctly a lot of people thought, oh, okay, you, you don't spank your kids. I never practiced corporate punishment. Mm -hmm. And it was like, oh. <laughs> there was one time, I will say, one time that I know was when they were fighting each other. And I was like, mm -hmm. that's an absolute no. no. Right. Um, but... Because what we have to understand is we have to think about effectiveness. How mm -hmm. effective is corporate punishment? Because I saw relatives, you know, beat their yep. kids in the dust. And it was like, but she's still doing yes. this. So yes. was that really effective? No, it wasn't. Right. Find out the, what the root cause is. If I got to pop you every time you do this, why are you doing that? That's what a, what behavior is driving you to do this, 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 yeah. this? And we don't. We just, just pop them or we put them on punishment. I'm like, but you're not effective. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's pointless. What are you doing? So I would invite people to be more engaged with their children to say, okay, well, what is this? What is that? And be prepared for that backlash when you think you was queen mom and number one mom. He was like, no, because you didn't let us do this and that and the other. Yeah. As long as you're doing it with a purpose in mind, for instance, if I don't let you go to this person's house, it's because I don't know them. Right. I don't know the right. parents. I don't know what they practice. And that's a no. Right. And walk away and be Absolutely. okay with that. Right. So I hope that if you are, I hope you all are formulating your questions now because this will be an ongoing series, mm -hmm. you know, and hopefully you'll be back for Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Because we have got to get to the root cause of all of our societal woes you know yeah and like you're saying a lot of it is cultural mm -hmm. so you think about the corporal punishment in the black community that's generations mm -hmm. of teachings <laughs> my <laughs> yeah. mom did it so that's what i know to do mm -hmm. my mom did it so that's what i know to do and oftentimes with the clients that i see they get suspended and they, they go home and of course they get a spanking but then they're back in school in the next two weeks and the behaviors are the same mm -hmm. so that's why i always encourage my parents okay let, let's talk about your the consequences that you have in place for your children are they effective and if they're not effective you can a continue to do what you're doing which are going to yield the same results or we can try different strategies and different intervent inter interventions to see if they'll yield different results and really it's, a, it's sometimes it's about um throwing my coworker says throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what sticks mm -hmm. because sometimes that's what it's about. Intervention one may not work, but we know what you've been doing for the last five years hasn't working. So let's move to the next one and just kind of see what works. But oftentimes we parent how we were parented, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes knowingly and sometimes unknowingly, right? You want to take, of course, the good parenting from how you were parented and you want to be able to filter out the bad, but subconsciously we take all of it mm -hmm. and we just don't know what we're doing. Mm -hmm. But I do want people to understand that what works for child A is not going to work for child B, mm -hmm. right? So I do want people to be very mindful of how that physical aggression, because that's what it is, physical aggression for consequences, you have to really sit down and ask yourself, if you're doing that repetitively and you're always doing that, you have to ask yourself, <laughs> is this really working? Exactly. And am I going to continue doing the same thing and it's not yielding the results that I want? So I think that's really important. Mm -hmm. And these are the conversations that I have with my parents for my parents to understand the importance of us working together 
with the child because what happens in therapy a lot, and I've heard other therapists not want to work with children because guess what? You're not just working with the child. You got to be able to work with the family. Mm -hmm. So what happens is families will bring children in. And once you start doing the real work with the child, you understand that the child has learned how to operate within their system. Mm-hmm. And that the child, the behaviors that you are seeing is the child learning how to adapt to their environment. Oftentimes, there are things in the environment that are going on that needs to shift and adjust. That's the work with the parent. Mm-hmm. But then you get resistant sometimes with bringing the parent in to be able to do the work. So to help support the child's behavior, negative behaviors reducing. So that's a lot of sometimes can be challenging for the work when you're doing therapy with children. Yeah, I get that. I get that because I did some volunteer work with a a high school in the Bronx, right? So they had these um, absenteeism and they had a lot of disciplinary problems. As they dove deep into the behavior piece, they found out that most of those kids were just hungry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just hungry. They was like, you know what? And they were angry and all of the, oh my God, we don't even want to talk about what actually they experienced at home. But that the root cause of it all, underlying of that, is basic social oh, needs. Yes, yes. And when you try to reach out to that parent, they're unaccessible or the pride steps in. Well, he's fine. I don't know why he acting. Oh, no, yeah. he's not fine. Yeah. He's hungry. And when they went back, and I, I forgot the stats, but when they went back, we were part of the pantry program where we put a pantry in the school. Mm-hmm. It changed so much. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because then blindly they didn't have to have money to go into the pantry just get what you want i don't care what it was we partnered with local places but the point of all of that is to say we have got to get to a point where we start addressing the root causes of all of our children's behaviors and problems absolutely and even what we have now that was a sore spot with a lot of uh, the media coverage of the looting these were babies out there. Mm-hmm. These weren't adults like me and you who mm-hmm. went through college and went through formal training and rearing. These are children whose parents are not at home. Mm-hmm. So we are acting as if, oh, well, they shouldn't be looting. No, they shouldn't be. But what are we doing as a system to wrap mm-hmm. our arms around these yeah. children to say, sweetie, it's a better way to release your anger? Yeah. And you that's know? a... That's a whole conversation that can go on, I'll call it spider web, because mm-hmm. it can go everywhere. But the prison to pipeline, the um pipeline to prison is real. Mm-hmm. Um yes. one of a, a really good friend of mine is a principal um in the Atlanta area, and she's really big on that because even as an administrator, she's trying to fight against the pipeline to prison system Mm -hmm. and how from an early age, our young kids are, especially disproportionately with our children of color, are um, giving really harsh consequences in the school system. So if you think about it, you know, you have kids as young as six and seven that are getting suspended from school, right? Mm -hmm. I have kids that I work with at school who tell me specifically, I'm happy because I get to go home and get some banking. So the school sees it as punishment. Mm-hmm. The kid sees it as a reward. Mm-hmm. So what are we really doing? Exactly. How is it beneficial for the child? Mm-hmm. And that's just one child out of a group of children who have come into my office pending suspension and have been happy about getting suspended. Mm-hmm. But it's supposed to be a consequence, but mm-hmm. is it really? Exactly. And so if we're doing that to children as young as as young as age seven, then they learn 
okay, I do this behavior at school. And guess what? I didn't even want to be here today. Mm -hmm. So I can not only go home for today, but I'm home for the next three days. How is that helping that child? Exactly. And is it doing more damage? It is doing more damage. So that's all, that's why I said it's a spiral web conversation. Oh my gosh. But we got to start. And that's my thing. If we start with the kids, because that same behavior carries on to adulthood. I mean, when we serve in the community, um, <laughs> I've had somebody say, well, shoot, I'll just bump something so I can get me a hot. They'll do some, commit a crime just to go to jail so they can have some yeah. place to stay. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, at some point we got to stop the bleeding, you know? Yeah. So um, how are we on time? We are at 2.32. <gasps> oh, that's it? Really? Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm thinking like an hour and a half. I'm like, oh, do we, do we have questions? Um, I have not seen any, but I have. Okay. <laughs> she she does the hard questions. I don't know if I'm ready for her question. <laughs> uh, well, I just wanted to go back to what, what you were saying about children in therapy and also kind of like the environment of children at home. So I kind of have like a two-parter. So okay. One is with the 